the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Now let's go to athletic director Fred Priest. And Fred, um, you've got a good lineup for us today, of course, another good lineup. We do. I was just telling you off air that it was kind of a last-second put-together, but it came together. Uh, Ted Klink will be here any minute uh, to help talk about. uh, He's our assistant swim coach, and and he'll help talk about uh, how the swim season has started for us. Uh, And then uh, later on the show, around 1130, uh, Todd Hauser, our bowling coach, will uh, come and uh, and talk about the bowling team and, and how that's uh, shaping up with uh, you know several new members on that team. And I, I had a chance to go out and watch them um, Wednesday night uh, and see them bowl uh, over in the Winter Garden. And then, uh, of course, uh, Coach Darlington will be here to close up the show and, and talk about last week's game a little bit and, of course, uh, our game against the land tonight. Now, of course, we're you know, attunedly uh, focused on football, but what are some of the other uh, fall sports that are off to a good start? Well, we got a this weekend. Uh, you know, we were talking also our our, our cross country coach, uh, Coach Axon. Um, he he teaches seven periods, so we can't ever get him on the show. But uh, they have a big event coming up at Pond Cane on Saturday. Uh, will be their uh, their big invitational uh, for the cross country team. Uh, that he started three years ago, and so that's a, that's a big deal for them, and and their season has started off in a good way, uh, and so we're, we're we're proud of that. And then um, the other thing that we have going on that is our golf team has started. They're they've had to replace a lot of people. I don't know if, if we've had a chance to have Don on yet or not, but um, they've had a lot of replacements to be done, and so their team is shaping up. Uh, it's it's going to be. A, it, I, I would say we're in a rebuilding mode with them. Uh, but I think he's pretty happy with what their performances have been so far, and they're showing potential, so that'll be good as well. well yeah, Coach Carey, very passionate. Absolutely. A great program builder. Um, now, let's talk about the football uh, game last week. Of course, you know, it's, I was just thinking on the way over here what to, about what to ask Coach Darlington now. Right. One thing is, you know, many observers uh, would look at the score 78 to nothing, and figure there are a lot of good things, but I'm, but I certainly could leave it to him to find some things to improve upon as well. Oh, there's no question. But, 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 but I mean, I'll, I'll uh, ask him that question. But <laughs> but for right now, I just, um, you know, the game obviously got out of hand. They kept self-destructing early in the game, which was the one thing they could not do to have any chance at all to Absolutely. even try to keep it close. And I mean, what were your, one impression I had, I'll just throw out to you, just, it, it showed me, uh, well, we can talk about this later because we've got Coach uh, Klink here yeah. uh, for swimming. But um, you know, why don't you go ahead and introduce Coach Klink? I will. Yeah, and we'll talk about the other later, obviously. Uh, we'll switch gears here, but we're happy to have Coach Klink with us. Um, he's been an assistant uh, swim coach for us for quite a while. does a great job uh, with, with our swimmers. Uh, and, Coach, we're just hoping that you can give us a little insight to how the season has started and uh, maybe some people that are shining a little bit out there. Well, I just got informed, so I don't have much of a list right now. Right? I know. I did steal one of my captains. He might be on the way. There you go. We're doing pretty good where the boys are 2-0, and the girls are 1-1. One and one. We've had uh, two meets so far out of three scheduled. One got rained out by a non-hurricane. And um, the boys are really strong. We have about 36 guys on the team. 
the girls are it's a little smaller, about 15 or 16. The pool is like really crowded. Um, but uh, they're doing pretty well. We have a couple kids at Swam Club all summer, and it's showing definitely in what they're doing. Emma, again, is still right at the top of her game as well. Emma Treadwell, who did so well last year and made it into the States. So it's going to be a long season, um, fun season always. We have meets just about every Wednesday. The Brantley meet is next Saturday on the 17th, which is always a big meet from teams from all over the state to come down for that one. So I'm working on the entries to that right now. So that's next Saturday, not next Saturday, Saturday, not this Saturday, yeah. Right. And why don't you pick it up there and talk about the district, who's in our district, and and what it takes to qualify for the postseason. Because as we know, different sports have different qualifying criteria to qualify for district, and even different sports have have different teams in their district here at Apopka. Well, what we do is we have a a dual meet season where we swim through the season. Then it finishes up with Metro, so East and the West Metro Conference Championships. And then from there, we go to districts. Uh, we can enter, you know, four swimmers per event in one relay in each of the district events. Um, and then if you make it out of districts, the top kids in districts get to go to regionals, and then the top teams in regionals go to the state. So it's not just win and go home, win or, or go home. You know, they'll take, like, the top six people from each district to go to the regionals. And it depends a lot on times and things like that. But it's a... Um, I do have the dates somewhere in October. They have the districts and then the regionals follow. And then the states will be down in um, um, Stewart in November. It's much like, um, much like uh, wrestling, much like uh, track, whereas it's, you know, it's a, we're a team, but yet it's individual is what we're talking. Individuals yeah. move on uh, based on their placement value. Is it the top four or something like that? I well, think yeah, a lot of it depends because you know they they have to weed you know weed it down from all the you know all the schools into the dis- each district and then you know less people and less people because I think the regionals there's 24 swimmers per event and in the states it's 24 per event right. so the regionals you know get it down and all the different regions go into the states so it uh, you know really does hurt on the way if you don't make it. So. <laughs> Um, also, that we got, we can advance relays. Yeah, yeah, advance relays, and and the thing that becomes hard is if you're in a tough district, you you beat each other up, and uh, you don't get the numbers there. That's you know numbers are always key, and 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 sports like swimming that have oh, numbers. We've had times where we've had swimmers that were way better than kids that made it to the uh, regionals, but they they got in on virtue of having a very weak region. So. You know, I had one kid that would swim the 500 like 30 seconds faster than one of the kids that swam in the regionals because he was in a weak district. So wow, they just took the. Very interesting. Yeah. We're speaking with swimming coach, Coach Ted Klink on Blue Dart Sports Central. Of course, Fred Priest, athletic director, is here with us as well. And of course, Joe Ferraro, too. Well, now, Coach, can you talk about uh, on, on the boy? You know, you coach both, both the boys and the girls. Uh, yes. Talk about so on the boys' end of it. Who are some of the the top swimmers and people you're looking forward to having oh, a, a good year? Our captain Stephen Aaron's is doing really well. Then we have a couple of the club swimmers. Um, Murph, uh, you're catching me on some I know, names now. Yeah. So um, the club swimmers that have come in, a lot of them are freshmen, and they are like really good. They are, they're like just ripping off times in these meets that I've not even swim, seen done in our pool at this point. That's so, great. Yeah. So now, Aaron's, what's he doing? What's uh, what, what 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 is he swimming? Uh, he he uh, won the two hundred the other day, and uh, he'll he'll swim whatever we ask him to swim. Right. So 
And we've got a lot of young kids, which is the best part about it, that were coming out, they could barely swim, and now they're already within the, what, the three weeks, because we only started practice the first week of school. Within the three weeks of school, they're really improving, and it's really great to see because they're in the point that they could barely make two laps of the pool, and now they're one kid swam the hundred fly the other day. So. Isn't that fun? Wow, wow. That's, great. that's the hardest stroke to do. What, what I know. Yeah. He didn't look real good afterwards, but he swam. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's great. And one of the great things about coaching and high school sports is watching—you can actually see the kids develop right before your very oh, eyes. Oh yeah, I love that part. That's that's my favorite part. You know, but Coach Russell, a lot of times in practice, he'll take the the kids that are better and he'll just put the yards onto them then i'll you know then me and a couple of the other coaches will work with the uh the younger kids and, and get their strokes right so they can get themselves over to the fast lanes you know and with the size of the pool we have a lot of people and i hope it's not hurting us but i hate we don't like to get rid of anybody so it's not a case right. of cutting and he said we're not allowed to not do allowed to do that anyway <laughs> Yeah, it's about participation. Those definitely. numbers, that's right. <laughs> isn't there? There's a song in there, Joe. Life in the fast lane. That's, that's right. Yeah, as a I swimmer, like it. that's where you want to yeah, go. You, you want to get in the fast lane. Get in the fast lane. And right? Coach Clink's helping those that aren't <laughs> there get right. there. Get in the fast yeah, lane. Yeah, it makes it easier for me at practice if I got nobody in the slow lane. You know, yeah. so. <laughs> you gotta love that, right? A bunch of old guys in here talking about life in the fast lane. Some folks out there are like, going, what are they talking about? <laughs> yeah, speak for yourself. <laughs> well, we had he is speaking for himself. We had a meet the other day, and even the mayor showed up, which That's I thought no, was pretty good. I wish I had spoken to him about buying us a pool. but uh. yeah, There you go. Yeah, we get those moments. We need to take them, don't we? Yeah, Mayor Kilsheimer, Mayor Kilsheimer it's a great uh, supporter of Blue Bar Athletics, definitely. Yeah. He's been to a lot of the bowling matches and uh, a lot of the other sports as well. And, and uh, oh. he actually used to cover high school football for the Sentinel back in the day. Um, wow, I didn't know that. did yeah. well, If uh, anybody wants to come to the meets and there's a home meets, we have it at Camp Weewa. So, okay, no, that's great. I'm sure they would they would like to. And um, bring a chair. That's <laughs> there's yeah, no stands. Or anything yeah, like right. and, and, and where is Camp Weewa? Camp Weewa up uh, 441 after Home Depot and Lowe's. You make a, a left right the, the, at the right the light up there, and then another left at the stop sign. About half a mile down the road on the left hand side is Camp Weewa. Now, it's what time do those camp. start? What time do those start usually? It depends on the other team's buses. <laughs> <laughs> what time would we like for those to start? <laughs> It'd be nice to start at three. I think the other day we started about three thirty, yeah. which wasn't too bad. Right, and, uh, and they're over by five thirty. You know, it, it doesn't take that long. And we even ran extra heats the other day for both teams. We swam Edgewater for both teams that had extra swimmers. We like had our the varsity. Um, oh, I can't do that. The varsity 50, and then we let all the other kids that wanted to swim jump in and swim in as well. So they got times for it, which is That's really great. a good time trial. I love so that. everybody got to participate. Yeah. I love that. That's great. Well, Coach, thank you for being here with us today, and uh, it's great to get a report on a popular guard swimming. Yeah. Definitely. Okay. Very thank encouraging. What's that? It's very encouraging. It yeah, it is. Yeah. I mean, with the, with the new swimmers coming up. Absolutely. Young young kids, yeah. Totally great. Yeah, nice, well, we appreciate the nice work. Nice for the freshmen. That's, that's, that always makes us happy. You know, Maybe we can start a GoFundMe page to get a popular <laughs> high school a a pool? swimming pool. Yeah, yeah an Olympic-sized pool here. Let's make it a community pool. There, right there. <laughs> there you go. Make it a community pool. That'd be great. They need one right. in Apopka yeah. very badly. I so. agree. I agree. No, I appreciate right. what you do with Thanks, Apopka Blue Daughter Swimming. Thanks, Good Coach. to see you again. See you next week or whatever. Yep, Coach Ted Klink representing Apopka Blue Daughter Girls and Boys Swimming. And yeah. uh, a little bit later we'll hear from Coach Todd Hauser to talk about bowling. And then in our final segment we look forward to speaking with Coach Rick Darlington about Apopka football. And once again remind you that 
We'll, of course, 1520 WBZW will have the broadcast of the football game tonight versus visiting DeLand. Home game right here on, at Roger Williams Field. Kickoff 7 p.m. We'll have Joe Ferraro and I'll have all the action for you. And don't forget, you can get it at 1520WBZW.com and via the 1520WBZW phone app. And uh, I'll, we got about a minute, Fred. I was just going to say it was it was just kind of interesting to watch Edgewater, you know, their spread formation. They were throwing virtually every single down. And, you know, no matter where they were on the field, I mean, they're throwing out of their own end zone. They're throwing inside their own five-yard line. And back in my day, our coaches would would, 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 <laughs> would die before they would throw a ball, you know, throw a pass inside their own 20. You know, or even maybe even their 30 or 40 in some cases. You know, it's just, I know, fourth down. It, it's interesting uh, to see how uh, you know, the I, game has changed over the years. Oh, yeah. I was just going to say maybe you weren't influenced much by it. But I living in Michigan, I was influenced much by Woody Hayes and, and Bo Schembechler. And, of course, Woody you know, always Unfortunately, said, our coaches were influenced by him. Yeah, right. Because, you know, Woody always used to say three, Full three back things between happen. between the guard and you, the center. Three things happen when you throw a pass and two of them are bad. So, <laughs> you know, that that's changed. <laughs> Anyway, we're going to go to our our next break, our first break, and then we'll 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 pick with Cod Hauser of Bowling. It's Blue Darter Sports Central on 1520 WBZW, your hometown station. Now, here's Roger. Welcome back to Blue Darter Sports Central with Roger Franklin-Williams, joined on the campus of Apopka High School by Joe Ferraro and Athletic Director Fred Priest. We're talking Blue Darter Sports on Blue Darter Sports Central. I want to course let you know that our program is sponsored by Florida Door Solutions. Do you have garage door problems? Florida Door Solutions has your solution. You can find out more at FLADoor.com. That's FLADoor.com or give them a call at 866-FLA-DOOR and tell them you've heard of you're an Apopka Blue Darter. Now Fred we're going to hear from Coach Todd Hauser and talk about bowling at 1130 and then later Coach Darlington about 1145. And, uh, of course, we we'll remind everybody you can hear the Blue Darter game tonight versus DeLand, visiting DeLand right here at home, 7 p.m. Get all the action right here on 1520 WBCW and 1520WBCW.com. Let's talk a little bit about the game last week against Edgewater. Of course, it was 78 to nothing, score, score six for itself to a large extent. Um, and we were just kind of talking. I was sharing with you how, you know, from what Edgewater was doing or attempting to do on offense was just so radically different than the way just football was played back in my day. Now, it's been, it's been 40 years ago, but but still, I mean, what I mean specifically was throwing the ball on every single down, throwing the ball without regard of where you were on the field. You know, back in the day, our coaches would have never thrown a, a pass inside our own 20, much less our own 10 or 5-yard line or our own end zone, and probably even more closer to inside their own 40 actually now exactly now at the time i was the one you know most vocally opposed to, yeah, to that idea right yeah but now I, i'm open but, but last friday night i kind of got an idea why you know exactly why why they felt that way in that you know there's certain on, on a wet field with a wet ball you know don't try to throw out of your own five yard line or, or even out of your own end zone it's, it's just uh, putting yourself at, at high risk, basically. Well, the, you know, the game has radically changed, and we all know that. It's it, You know, we can watch it on Saturdays, and, and a lot of people will say that we've gone to basketball on grass, and we're going to play pitch and catch, and, and all that's changed. However, when people are doing that, they're doing it with people that they have recruited to do that, and those athletes can do that. I think high school football, and I think our coach, 
I, I, I might be a little prejudiced, but our coach probably does that better than anybody, uses his personnel and makes his system work with the personnel that he has uh, and not the other way around. And I think what we're seeing at Edgewater was a system that was that was trying to be made to work even though the personnel wasn't there to make that work. And so there's a lot of arguments of why that would be and so on. But given that particular day and what they were trying to do, that personnel wasn't ready for that. And, and like we talked about off air, in my opinion, you try to put your kids in the best position they can be in to be successful, whatever that means. So if you're playing against a really good team, uh, you hear it all the time, you, you, you try to get the game into the fourth quarter the best you can. Uh, so you do whatever you can, whether it's 30 seconds in between plays, uh, line up and run the ball and use up time, whatever you need to do. Um, I, I think the biggest thing for me was I keep getting the question, well, 78, I mean, come on, coach. And, and the thing is, when the other team, uh, it's 21 to nothing three minutes into the game and we've run two offensive plays, that's real far hard for us to, you know, it's an it becomes incumbent for us to hold the score down when other people are doing things that are causing the score to go up. Uh, it was twenty-one to nothing. We ran two offensive plays. It, it, uh, yeah, and the way it got there was kind of what I was talking about. You know, they were trying to throw out of their own end. Exactly. They dropped one of them on a, on a wet field, on a wet ball, and we fell on it. So they basically gave Correct. us one touchdown, and then the other one, I guess, technically was an interception. But right. It was more of a looked like the ball slipped out of the the quarterback's hand or whatever and one of our guys caught it on their one yard line and, and fell into the end zone right <laughs> and so they gave works. us and ran it all the way back two uh, touchdowns to, to start the game two out of three touchdowns to start the game and, and that then, really puts you in, in, in a really tough when you especially when you're going in everybody knew it was going to be a mismatch anyway it, right. it's a rebuilding year for edgewater correct everybody knows that they got a lot of young players you know popka's loaded new coach so it was going to yeah. be a, a tough tough night for them under the best circumstances, and then they're self-destructing, you know, in their own end zone. All around, and, and, and then going for it on fourth down, giving us a short field. I mean, I don't know if that's a good idea. I mean, again, like we talked about off air, uh, you know, the argument could be, well, they're going to either score from 70 yards out or 40 yards out. We might as well go for it, I guess. But, I, again, I still think you put your kids in the best possible position you can to be successful. And giving us the ball in the 35 as opposed to giving it to 70 yards away, I, I don't know if that does it. But, uh, you know, I, I, again, my biggest thing is, you know, having it put on us that we scored 78 without regard to other people. It just isn't what happened, and I think people need to understand that. You know, we played people uh, early. We played, you know, young guys early. And here's the thing. We play DP in a week, and um, our varsity kids, you know, they need to play a whole football game, and they haven't been able to do that. Uh, you know, at what point, you know, do you sacrifice your season trying to be, you know, nice to somebody else, you know? And it's a tough balance because you don't want to, you don't want to run the score up on people. And, but at the, on the other hand, you want to make sure your football team is ready to play. And when you only have a handful of games on your schedule that can play with you, uh, that makes it very difficult. Uh, we'll go into the DP game. If Deland, Deland is a little bit better than the last two we played, but they're not DP. And so if we go into that DP game without playing the whole football game, uh, that could have an effect on that game. Now, the good thing about the DP game, it's not a district game and all those things, but still you want to be able to be at your best. So there's a lot of arguments uh, in all that. There's a lot of variables to all that. Yeah, and one thing also back in the day, the, the rule of thumb was – Get everything you can for the first half, right? And then if you're way ahead, you know, maybe ease off the 
the the gas pedal. Yeah, that was bit. always my philosophy. Yeah, I was but, like, but even that's warped. We we got sixty. We had even 64. that's getting out of hand. We, we had, had sixty four at the half. At, so at what do you do? Exactly. Right. But but see, the flip side is, we all see you know from time to time. Uh, um, a situation somebody's ahead by 40 and they lose or somebody's ahead by some outrageous score and, and they lose we've all seen it all uh, celebrated seen it, right. games i mean there right. were, what maryland beat miami back in jimmy johnson's first right. year or something like that. 30 they blew a 30 right. to nothing but then again lead. those are people and, that uh, have Houston recruited Oilers. athletes that, that have that ability uh, <laughs> but, but i'm just saying but i mean if <laughs> those if, things happen if you right. got the lead you don't want to you don't want to ease off no. too soon no because you don't want to jeopardize the that. game and yeah that you guy even get, had that I've actually done that myself as a coach before. So, uh, you well, know. it goes back to the intensity of the moment, and 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 then the other thing was, I, my fear became uh, losing a kid to injury because, you know, as as games get out of hand, your intensity level begins to go down, and that's when you get kids hurt, especially your ones. But my philosophy always was my my first team is playing the first half. They have got to play the whole half. So whatever happens during that time is what's going to happen, and then you know you make your judgment call after the half, but. And then I usually like to play my, as much as I could in the third quarter, depending on the game, if we could. Well, but. the second half, the, the Blue Daughters only scored twenty odd, well, fourteen points. Well, yeah, they did a good job. Two touchdowns, well, the young, and it was right. mostly this, pretty much the second. Yeah, team all the, the young whole, kids the played. Half, right? One thing, and the other thing, remember, was a running clock, so things are a lot shorter at that time as well. So, uh, you know, that makes everything go a little bit quicker. And then so. another thing is. The guys on the second team are good. Yeah, you know, I mean, I mean so. I, and I want to clear something else up because I don't know if we'll have time to talk about it when uh, coach is here. But you know, some people see us throwing the football when we're when we've got fifty eight points or whatever it is, and you know, we people need to also remember that what we do is run the ball. So if we run the ball on you. Uh, chances are we're going to score easier than if we throw the ball on you because we're not very good at that. And so I used to work for another guy that we, I mean, the perception always is if you're throwing the ball, you're running the score up on somebody. Well, that's only true if you can complete a pass. So, um, but but that's a part of our game we need to work on. So when we are done running the ball and scoring the points that we score, it's time for us to maybe work on throwing the ball a little bit. And uh, as was in one of the drives in the third quarter, we threw a ball. The kid was wide open, and he drops the pass, or we didn't hit him. I couldn't tell which was the case, but I know he was wide open, and we didn't score a touchdown. The very next play, we ran just a simple, basic running play, and our kid went 50-some yards for a touchdown. I mean, it's like, what do you want me to do? You know, I don't know what else to do. It was a basic running play. It wasn't a trick running play. It was just a running play. So, uh, But when people see that, their tendency is to think, oh, they're throwing. They're running up the score. Uh, and well, no, it's not what we do. Actually, we're trying to help you. You know, listen to Blue Dart Sports Central. Speaking with Athletic Director Fred Priest. A little bit later, we'll be joined by Coach Todd Hauser of Apopka Blue Dart Bowling. Joe Ferraro's here, and we're eagerly anticipating the game tonight versus visiting Deland Bulldogs. 7 p.m. kickoff, and of course, we'll have all the action for you on 1520 WBCW and 1520WBCW.com starting at 7 p.m. And, of course, that's presented by Dr. Patrick St. Germain and St. Germain Chiropractic, Ford Door Solutions, and our friends over at Porky's Original Barbecue, Apopka. Um, let's talk about De- DeLand. What do you know about them? Well, you know, I think that they had a really good quarterback a year ago that <clears throat> we, I think we played really well against. Um, uh, our kids uh, put some pressure on them. We actually played with some of our best pass defense that night. 
uh, and that game got out of hand in Deland a year ago. I don't know if you remember that or not, but well, yeah, Sariki. Um, yeah, so, and that was the, and then that was the other thing. Sariki scored touchdown every time he touched the ball. Yeah, basically. he. I That's think he true. carried the ball uh, eight times and scored seven of them or something like that. <laughs> uh, they just couldn't catch him, uh, and so that got that game out of hand. So uh, I think they have graduated that quarterback. However, uh, they've struggled a little bit. I guess well, the, they were two and eight with him last yeah, year. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the the barometer for I guess going into this game uh, is Mainland High School, uh, Mainland seven uh, A. Uh, you know they're they're ranked I think first or second in seven A. In the now here's Roger. Welcome back to Blue Darter Sports Central with Roger Franklin Williams. It's great to be with you, and it's a great day to be in a Popka Blue Darter. Got a big football game coming up tonight versus visiting Deland, the Deland Bulldogs. And, of course, you can hear it all right here on 1520 WBZW and 1520WBZW.com and the 1520WBZW phone app starting at 7 p.m. Joe Ferraro and I will have all the action for you. And, of course, that's presented by Porky's Original Barbecue, Fort Door Solutions, and Dr. Patrick St. Germain and St. Germain Chiropractic. Well, now, Fred, we've got, uh, you know, one of the elite coaches of one of the elite oh, programs yeah. on campus. Uh, yeah, They're all elite, but this one's yeah. Yeah, really up there. Well, I mean, I, you know, people talk to me, and, they, you know, I go places, and they want to talk about the football team. Is it? Or, you know, you people are confused. We're not a football school. We're a bowling school. I get emails about people <laughs> wanting to join our bowling team from as far away as Lake Mary and, and other places, you know, just wanted to show up and bowl for us. But uh, so, you know, it, it, there's a misconception about wh- who we are. But Todd Hauser's here. He's going to talk. We're going to talk about bowling. And, and Todd, you, maybe you can talk about this right out the gate. But I went to the match the other day, and I think this year we're going to find out just how good our coaches are. Uh, they got some. This might. Would you say that this may be? We've had to rebuild almost every year, but uh, this might be our biggest job. Oh, of course. This is this is the year that we don't have the guys returning that we've had in years past, knowing we were gonna, you know, have five that were just so dominant. This year, we're actually plugging two in who haven't had varsity experience before, and um, they're gonna have to step up because their averages aren't where our guys' averages have been in the past. Of course, we still have our three big hitters. We've got uh, Pete Virgos, you know, is still our captain, two-time state champ individually. Um, we've got Keith Horton back. You know, he's a plus two hundred bowler. And and uh, Gage Stelling as well, who had the highest average on our team last year at 235. So we've got three really, really good ones back. The uh, the challenge is going to be those other two slots, and we've got four or five guys right now fighting for those spots. Now, Coach Hauser, what do, now what do, how do you do about going and bringing these new guys in? And because you know, one one thing that's really done very, very well is you've actually brought new guys in every year. And they've improved or what, done whatever they need to do to, to maintain our, our state championship. What, what do you do with the, the – what is the process with the new guys that are coming in? Well, one of the guys who's starting for us right now is a senior. He's a four-year bowler, Jamari Jefferson. And he's gotten a little better each year where he started, you know, trying to get 100 pins. Now he's got an average around 170. And that's good, but it's just not good for us. We need to get it up to 180 and then closer to 200 by district time. Um, but, uh, you know, he's doing well. He's, he's bowled four matches now. He's averaging around 162 in the matches. So he's given us what we need to win our matches, and that's not going to be an issue. Um, but we're looking for longer-term goals, and, you know, we're going to ask him to step up. Um, we've got another young kid who uh, was actually a Wakaiva bowler last year, was a JV Wakaiva bowler. But he's got some bowling experience, and he put in the work over the summer. Um, you know, he worked in some different leagues. So he's coming in, starting for us 
right now. Had a good first day. Um, yesterday struggled a little bit, and that's something he can't do. He's got to pick up spares every day. Um, and then we've also got a brand-new bowler, um, Brian uh, – what's his last name? Brian – I'm not even sure right now. Anyway, he's uh, Reeves. That's his last name. He's uh, first-year bowler but has the prettiest stroke you've ever seen. So he's he's come out completely brand-new to bowling, had a lane ball the first day. Now he's got his own ball. He's got shoes. He's working hard. In fact, me and him are bowling in a practice league later today, and I've actually picked up the ball and started bowling again. So, you know, he's promising. We've got another senior, Brian Rosa, who's stepping up trying to fill the spot. Um, you know, we've got another new kid. It's just it's going to come down to who can consistently pick up spares because we've got the heavy hitters who can throw strikes and pick up splits we need the guys who are going to come in and and get a nine spare or an eight spare and just let those other guys do work so we're speaking with coach todd hauser of a popular blue daughter bowling right now on blue daughter sports central coach darlington will be coming up in our next segment Uh, now you know as as i've observed it's been a fascinating and really a fun thing to follow you guys, even back to the first year with your dad coaching and mm-hmm. the first state championship and then the subsequent state championships and um, P.D. Virgo's two individual state championships. Uh, and some of the things I've learned is, one, is it's a, the, the competitive nature of the matches is, is, is great. It's exciting drama. And these you know, we have our own bowling culture now, and some of these other schools that take bowling seriously have a very strong bowling culture, and the fans of some of these schools are very very passionate, yep. uh, and some might even call some of them obnoxious <laughs> from, from, from some schools. But just talk about we need security sometimes <laughs> in our bowling matches. Just talk about some of these other rival programs, if you will. You know, of course, in football we've got our rivals, West Orange, and back at one time Lake Brantley before they dropped us. But who were some of the the you know the 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 teams that you guys play that really get your blood pumping a little bit? Sure. Well, this year the team that we're going to play who's who's been battling with us is West Orange unfortunately you know it's another another uh, you know metro school time, right? yeah you West can Orange pencil them in for every sport it's yeah an old story yeah. so they've got great coaches they've been working hard their girls team is outstanding their boys team is very good um, they're going to give us a challenge this year in fact Okoe is looking strong this year they've got um, a, a senior named Wanye who's uh, you know an incredible bowler mm-hmm. and um, he actually lives in a Popka's district but he's doing the senior choice to go to Okoe is senior year we'd like to have him but oh well oh, yeah that would have been nice you're right um he's a, and he's a good kid i really yeah. like him I, I i was wondering if he was ever going to graduate it seemed like he'd been there longer than petey's been with us it seemed like <laughs> And as far as Seminole County, we don't bowl Seminole County schools because they have a schedule where they only bowl each other during the year. But when we get into state time, Lake Mary is going to be a big program this year. Um, Haggerty has been traditionally strong. Lake Brantley has been traditionally strong. So we'll kind of see those guys. And then there's some guys down south. Miami Christian's been real good. Palm Bay um, is who we always go with. Or not Palm Bay. It's... uh, no, Palm Bay is a different school. Who am I thinking of? I know. Palmetto. I it's I Palm. Palm. Uh, Something. Yeah, right. I can't think of it right now. Anyway, our Bay. Uh, People would know yeah. them. They would know them if they would beat us, but they haven't beaten us. So. <laughs> Bayside. <laughs> that's who it is. Bayside. It's Bayside. That's yeah. it. You're right. <laughs> yeah. So, it's sort of like, who is that second place? There's team? lots of teams out there, and they're replenishing every year just like us. They've got bowling feeding programs where the kids are coming up through the through the lanes. And so... It's another challenge this year. You know, even last year when we had a dynamite crew back, it was nice. a, a heck of a challenge to, to get into that state final and then win it. So, 
And you know, I remember one of the ones Trinity Prep was one that's that's you know, passionate about bowling. Which yeah. one? A few years that, ago, that, that yeah, I really, almost, uh, wouldn't have thought of them and right. associate them with bowling. Actually, the parents almost came to fist a few years. Yeah, ago. that was the one we needed security <laughs> at for sure. <laughs> Which, yeah, which was the last one I would have thought would have been like you know, know, this right? elite yeah. you know, private school with all the rich kids, and <laughs> yeah. here they want to brawl at a, at a, at a bowling line. match. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, it's now, intense, I'm telling you. Now, another thing is that I've learned from observing is uh, the, the psychological aspect of bowling is huge. Of course, you've got to have the, the technique and the fundamentals and everything of actual throwing the ball and the actual bowling. But you know, from what I understand now, it, the psychological part of it is, is just a huge part of it. Right. Well, we're trying to put pressure on the guys in the game so they can get used to that situation. You know, let them know, hey, your, your score is going to be big today. We need a big score out of you. Just so they're feeling that pressure um, because they're going to have to perform in pressure situations. We've got, um, you know, some of the guys... You know, the three guys who are on the team, they, they've got their groove. They know what they're doing. They're coachable, but there's not a whole lot of things to correct there. You know, move a board left, move a board right, make a ball switch. The new guys who are kind of stuck in their ways have to be very coachable. And um, we've got two great coaches on staff, Doug Campbell, who's an amazing bowler, amazing uh, kids coach, and as well as uh, Bud Endicott, who's another outstanding coach. So we've got the best coaches in the business to work with these guys. They just have to remember to be coachable, and I think that's what's happening with them now i think they you know didn't want to take any advice the first couple of days and now they're realizing hey these guys know what they're talking about they're gonna they're gonna get me to the next level so that's what's happening right now todd and i talked on wednesday at the match and uh one of the i think todd will agree that one of the the biggest things that they're going to have to overcome is the fact that most of these people that we're going to play day in and day out in the regular matches are not still going to be able to bowl with us and so the, the the pitfall that you get into is the intensity level. It's real hard for our top three to be intense every day. Wouldn't you say, Todd, that, yeah, that might be one of the things absolutely. That, I, I mean, didn't see Thursday's match. Well, yeah, we beat, like. we beat Evans boys' team by 1,600. So, I mean, there's no chance of us losing some of these matches, but we have to realize that we're bowling for something greater and we're bowling for a, a score, an average each game that well, we're trying to achieve. yourself? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So. That's kind of like golf, right? It is. Right? Yeah, it is. It's a lot like that. I mean, the, the, it, and it's hard to maintain the intensity level that you need uh, for the big matches, but at the same time, it's not. Well, our team seems to be able to turn it on and off, but <laughs> normally that's not something you just turn on and off. So you have to be able to, you know, bowl with some intensity, even though uh, the match is probably decided before it even starts. But uh, that intensity level is important. Like that night, the day I was there, that Wednesday, we had one. Uh, the highest game was 212. Yeah. And we didn't have many 200 games at all that We day. struggled. Yeah. So but I guess we were a little bit better last night from what I heard. Yes, so. yes. Back in business. Yeah. Well, Coach Houser, thanks for joining us. We look forward to continuing to follow your quest for now a, a fourth consecutive state championship with the Popka Blue Daughter Boards Bowling. Thank you very much. Please stay with us. We're going to break in just a moment. Before we do, I want to remind you that our program is sponsored by Porky's Original Barbecue and let you know about the Porky's Hump Day Special. It's Porky's famous jumbo pulled pork sandwich, two sides, and a drink for just six seventy-five. It's available every Wednesday at Porky's, but it's not on the menu, so you have to ask for it. So get over to Porky's this coming Wednesday or any Wednesday, all day long on Wednesday, and tell them you want the Porky's Hump Day Special and tell them you heard it on Blue Darter Sports Central. We'll be right back with Coach Rick Darlington on Blue Darter Sports Central. Now here's Roger. Welcome back to Blue Garter Sports Central with Roger Franklin-Williams, joined by Joe Ferraro 
and Athletic Director Fred Priest on the campus of Apopka High School. It's great to speak with Coach Todd Hauser about our excellent three-time state champion boys bowling team. And national champions. We didn't national mention that. Champion, exactly. <laughs> and Coach Ted Klink of Apopka Blue Daughter Boys and Girls Swimming. Great report from him about our swimmers. It's always good to hear from the, our swim team, both boys and girls. And in a few minutes, we look forward to being joined by Coach Rick Darlington uh, and talk Apopka Blue Daughter football. Of course, the game versus DeLand is tonight. It's at home, 7 p.m. Look forward to seeing you out there. If you can't make it, listen to us on 1520 WBZW and 1520WBZW.com or via the 1520WBZW phone app. And uh, you have... Before we uh, are joined by Coach Darlington, I want to remind you that our program is sponsored by our friends over at Florida Door Solutions. Florida Door Solutions, in the best Apopka tradition, gives back. They support Apopka Schools, Apopka Little League, and uh, the Debbie Turner Cancer Care Center. To find out more about Florida's best garage door company, visit FLADoor.com. That's FLADoor.com, or give them a call at 866-FLA-DOOR. Pleased to be joined by Coach Rick Darlington. And, uh, Coach, thanks for joining us today. You're welcome. Now, of course, the game against Edgewater score, I guess, to a certain extent, speaks for itself, 7-8 to, to nothing. Can you just share your thoughts? A lot of points. <laughs> a lot of points. You know, I think the thing that people would, you know, we talked about this a little bit. I, you know, uh, when you get a score like that, people would see scores, and then they they get their own perception of what happened without seeing what happened. But, I guess the thing that I would ask is, you know, what, what does that, what does a game like that do for either team? It, it, does it do anything? Do we get anything out of it? Do they get anything out of it? What, what happens in that kind of game? I don't really like the running clock because it cuts down the time your backups can play. So we had 64 at the half. We should have had 71. We dropped a touchdown pass. And so the backups were already in at that point. And so... In the second half, you're going to get two or three drives tops with a running clock. And so I guess I understand why you do it, but I'd rather have a non-running clock and play the twos and the threes and get them lots of reps and all that. But it is what it is. But the reason we scored so many points is because they really helped us a lot. I think they probably helped us score more than we did. Turnovers in the end zone twice. Got a safety kicked off. We ran it back. They didn't punt inside their own 20 several times. It's just craziness, craziness. I mean, when, when those kind of things happen, then the other team's going to get a lot of points. You know, I learned when uh, I was in Valdosta, there was a saying that everyone used to like to say, best way to win a game, not to lose it. And they lost it. You know, they, they lost. We lost to Lake City. But they definitely went out there and lost that sucker. I mean, they didn't they didn't do the things it took to win. You know, and again, the there's some things that they probably got to work on and things we got to work on, but it was a lot of points, and glad we won. Now, speaking of, I was kind of talking to Fred and Joe before. I said, you know, most people, when they see the score 78 to nothing, will think, wow, what a awesome, you know, job. But with your, you know, keen eye, uh, what are some things, are there some things that, that you saw that, that need to be improved upon? I think we played better on defense. I thought we were more aggressive, tackled better, ran on the ball. So defense, we improved. We're not there yet by any means but we improved and then offensively again pass protection still an issue we got guys you know coming free inside this and that we're not understanding things so we're getting better at that but uh you know you're always one and we never know how teams are going to play us because our offense is somewhat unusual and so 
it's always like, oh, okay, here's what they're doing. It takes some time to figure it out, but I think we ran two offensive snaps. We were up twenty-one nothing. Mm-hmm. You know, because we scored on our second play, and then we came up and they fumbled twice in the end zone and abracadabra. So now looking ahead to tonight versus Deland, what can you tell us about Deland? What kind of team were they? They're pretty talented. Last year, I thought they were very aggressive. They threw the ball really good last year, and we still we attempted zero passes, and we won forty-nine to seven. It's hard to be a good passing offense to win a lot of games. Too many variables in it. And I love to pass. Passing is one of my favorite things to do during pregame. <laughs> but then once the game starts for real. We're, we're all kind of, of the – I think everyone sitting here at the table are kind of the of the Woody Hayes's, uh two two things that are going to happen bad of the three that you do when you throw the ball. So I think we get that. <laughs> So, but uh, tough to tough to uh, tough to throw it and not run it. Now, if you can run it and throw it, that's definitely the best way to go. There's no doubt. But if you got to pick one of the two, I guarantee you, running it all the time versus passing it all the time. Look at the results last last Friday. Well, I think, and I think too, at every level of football, when you hear people talk about football. At the end of the day, when they talk about winning a championship, they always talk about your ability to run the football. It doesn't matter how much you throw it. The Oregons and the, you know, whoever they are, um, yeah, if you can't run the ball, you're not going to win the championship probably, wherever it's at. You know, uh, uh, talking about Dolan, if I remember correctly, last year they threw a lot of short passes and you know were able to kind of inch the ball down the field while while we were having long runs for touchdowns. Right, um, but that's the thing. They kept on. I, I think the quarterback last year was 22 for 37. They scored seven points. Yeah. We were zero for zero. We scored 49. We rushed for 503 yards. But that just shows you what football is. And I don't think that's just high school football. I think in high school football it's even more so. You could be very whatever, unbalanced, one-sided, whatever. The higher you go, you you got to have more run-pass, higher ratio, whatever. But uh, whatever league you're playing in, from the NFL down, if you run the ball and defend the run, you're going to win more than you lose. Well, I think I would go back to Dan Fouts and the San Diego Chargers uh, as much as they threw the football. Chuck Muncie. Yeah, yeah, right? But as much as they threw the football, how much did they They didn't win? They never won. They never went to a Super Bowl. You know, uh, but Chuck Muncie, number forty-six, played tailback for him, yeah. and Lionel James too, right? Yeah, that's right. Okay, we're John all... Jefferson, receiver, <laughs> West Chandler played for him, quarterback. Yeah, a lot Kellen of Kellen Winslow at tight end. Those were the good old days. Well, West Chandler was with him. We played against him in high school. Yeah, yeah, um, from Daytona. That's right. Uh, New so, Smyrna, New Smyrna. But um, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, De- Deland though, it, it, they don't have the quarterback back. Is that right? Is it is it a different? They have a quarterback. They, but they, not they, the same one. They have right? someone yeah. taking snaps back there. Yeah, I, I know, but he's that. not the same one, right? I'm pretty astute at the film. <laughs> I did notice that someone <laughs> there called There was a quarterback. Unlike last week, there wasn't a running back, but there is a quarterback. That's right. <laughs> that and last week, the tackle was lined up deeper than the slot <laughs> all night. Do you think they'll – are they running that same offense this year from what you've seen? or I think it looks the same. They use more tight end than they did last year. But maybe they have a tight end. If we had a tight end, I guess we'd use one too. Well, you made the comment to me that you feel like they're the best team that we've played this year. No doubt. 
So yeah. even like Lake City. So well, they lost to Mainland, and Mainland's one of the best teams in the state. Right. And they lost, or they barely beat Seabreeze. They should have scored a lot more. So they're one and one, but they played a team better than us in Mainland. So it's not like they're going to jog out there and see us and go, "Oh my gosh!" They'll win the warm up. They always do. We always lose the warm up. We lost the warm up to Edgewater. But <laughs> yeah, Joe was talking about how great they look out there. <laughs> I was, I was we being hard, right, buddy. We, we were, were just the same thing. He I was, was just trying nice. to build him up. He was being nice. Was, he, he knew what was going to happen. Yes, I did. I had no doubt what was well, going to happen. They, when they when you throw the ball against air, you should be pretty good. When they can't be pretty good against air, then you know you got a chance. <laughs> Coach, thanks for joining us. We look forward to seeing you tonight. I look forward to being there tonight. Hopefully we'll start at 7 o'clock like we're supposed to. That's going to play. Uh, uh, No postponements, no cancellations. The three games we've played so far, two of them have started at 7.30 because we've been postponed. So hopefully we'll play at 7. No lightning in the forecast. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Thanks, Coach. Fred, thanks for another great lineup. Thank you. Uh, Joe, you're a fine human, Fred. Uh, well, great I, executive producer. Well, I, I appreciate that. Um, I don't know what that means, but I'm glad to glad to do it. And sorry about that cheap shot there. Oh, he he, he, he it, did say they looked good. But, oh, but I, mean, I said they I looked did. good. Their, their uniforms, the uniforms yeah, look good. And so everybody right now is going, uh, what does Joe know about football? And the, uh, and the campus looked good. <laughs> and the, well, the campus he was being good. gracious because they were very very nice yeah. to us. <laughs> yeah, they, they were very nice to us. And every time we've ever been over there, they've been very yeah. nice to us. Isn't always the case in certain places. Yeah, it is. Well, that's true. Janet does a good job as her AD over there. Yeah, she does. uh, She was very gracious after the game. She understood, so it was great. Thank you, Fred. Thank you, Coach. Joe, thanks to Alan in the studio. Friends, popular Garden football tonight versus DeLand at home. Kickoff 7 p.m. Catch all the action on 1520 WBCW and 1520WBCW.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.